scripture passage this morning is out of the book of Luke, chapter 14. We'll be reading verses 25 through 33. If you'd like to follow along on the back of your hymnal, or on the back of your bulletin, um, and on the screens. Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. So this morning, before we get started, I would like to just point out to you very quickly our thought for silent meditation. C.S. Lewis said, If you want a religion to make you feel really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity. And I want you to think about that, because that's the crux of what we're going to talk about this morning, because we want comfort. We desire comfort. Why do we go out and buy a new chair? Why do we buy a new recliner? Why do we search for that perfect mattress? We want comfort. And I want you to realize that that's not what God has promised you if you choose to follow him. So we're going to kick this off with a um, top 10 list. How many of you like the top 10 list? Here's top 10 signs that your Christianity is too comfortable. Number 10. You are not, number 10. There we go. Sorry. You are not attending church with a high level of expectancy. How many times do you come to church simply because it's Sunday morning and it's time to be there? How many of you excitedly come to church because you're going to encounter the creator of the universe? Number nine. This is my favorite. It's not, or to be higher, but you know what I'm saying. Your happiness on Sunday mornings is more important than what it takes to reach the unchurched. As long as you get your parking spot, your seat, and hear the music you like, everything's fine. I, that could be a sermon series right there. Number eight. You never feel challenged only affirmed. My hope and prayer is that when you come to this church, when you come here to worship, that you will be both of these 
depending on what you need. But too many of us come and we're like, oh, thank you. That was a great word. I wish my neighbor had been here to hear it. There are times that we refuse to accept that it's for us, that the tough stuff is for us, that we need to relax and let God shake us up a little bit. You never feel challenged, only affirmed. The sermon should offend you. Should. Number seven. There's absolutely no friction between your Christianity and your partisan politics. Too many of us believe that being a Christian means that you must be a Republican. Too many of us believe that being a Christian means you must be a Democrat. And I stand here before you right now and I tell you that there are pieces of both parties that greatly offend my faith. There are pieces of both parties that offend my faith. My walk with Jesus Christ says you can't do that. You can't act that way. And if your partisan politics, if you are so dyed in the wool one or the other that it doesn't bother you, you're too comfortable in your Christianity. Number six. You haven't had a spiritual conversation with a non-Christian in a long time. What's a long time? A week, a day, a month, a year, a decade? But Steve, I don't know any non-Christians. You don't? Do you live in Albert Leeville? Do you live in this world? I'm telling you that if you don't know a Christian, then you need, or if you don't know a non-Christian, you need to find one. You need to get out of your comfort zone. You need to join a club, pick up a hobby, go to the weight room, plenty of non-Christians there. Find a group of people where you can have an influence on them and have those spiritual conversations. Because if you haven't had a spiritual conversation with a non-Christian in a long time, you're too comfortable in your Christianity. Number five. You no longer seem to be concerned about the spiritual condition of your neighbors, family members, or your coworkers. I'm telling you, folks, people are going to go to hell. Some of us just don't care. Number four. There are no paradoxes, tensions, or unresolved questions. There are no paradoxes, tensions, or unresolved questions. If your faith doesn't make you question things, if your faith, if you don't sit down and struggle with some of the stuff that you read in here, you're too comfortable in your Christianity. Many of us accept it, but we don't dive into it and try to understand it. And I'm here to tell you that if you think you can understand everything that God wrote, there's an arrogance in that that scares me. Because he wrote, he is an infinite being who has all knowledge, all understanding, all power. You cannot understand everything that he has. His plan for us is so deep. His plan for us is so intricate 
that for you to assume that you can understand it all, I'm telling you, it should leave you with some questions. It should leave you with some tension. It should leave you with some paradoxes. How is it that God can let you choose to follow him, and yet he knows whether or not you're going to do so? That's a paradox. I don't get that. But I also am just a human with a human mind. Number three. Pictures of overseas suffering do not move you to action. I know that if you're on Facebook, you're going to see all kinds of pictures that just it, we have become numb to suffering at some level. And that's, I get that. If you're, if you're absolutely just blasted with, with all kinds of pictures, and yet you got to understand that sometimes the pictures speak, that sometimes in the words that they're saying is the voice of God telling you to do something. We live in a country where we've been blessed beyond measure. And, and you've heard me talk about water before. Water is a huge issue in this world. We can go to the bathroom, turn on the tap, and drink out of the tap. Literally, you could drink out of the toilet, and that's cleaner water than what the majority of the world has. And if you don't let the pictures of suffering move you, if you don't let it challenge you, if it doesn't do something with you, you're too comfortable in your Christianity. Again, I want to refer to Haiti. I've watched them dipping water out of a river there that looks like chocolate milk. And that's their drinking water. If you don't, if you don't let those pictures move you to action, you're too comfortable in your Christianity. When we were in Haiti, my brother, and you can ask him about this during Coffee Fellowship, we went way up in the mountains and did a remote medical clinic. He saw things there that he had never seen outside of a textbook. He saw medical conditions that did not exist in our country. If you don't let those pictures move you to action, if you don't let God speak to you through those pictures, you're too comfortable in your Christianity. Number two. This is my favorite, I think. You never think about or even remember the Sunday sermon on Monday. Think about that. Monday morning men's Bible study. You sit down, and I hate to ask these words. What do you think of the sermon yesterday? And you get the blank stares. Uh, it was great. Dwight really did a great job. He really challenged me. He did, huh? What did he preach on? Um, the Bible. It was, Dwight always preaches right from the Bible. And, and it's, it's a joke, but it's also serious. If you look around our world, and, and I see this not just in third world countries, but I see it here in the United States, we have a culture that has separated our faith from our life, and we do not take the Sunday sermon and apply it to Monday morning. We don't take it into our world. We don't let it change us. We don't let it move us. We don't let it challenge us. Because we're too wrapped up in ourselves. We're too comfortable. That was a great sermon, Pastor. Thank you. 
And then we get to work and we're trying to figure out how we can cut more to raise the bottom line so that we can bring home more and we don't think about how our decisions on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday impact the world with the gospel because it does. One way or another, your actions on Monday impact people with the message of Jesus Christ. What message are you sending? If you don't take it with you, if you walk out these doors and you're not taking it with you, you're doing our Lord and Savior incredible injustice. Number one. This one is sad. It doesn't even dawn on you that God could do something incredibly radical in your life at any moment today. It's not even on your radar. We go through the motions. We come to church. Sunday morning. We sing the songs. We stand up. We do the thing. And we, you know. But do you realize why we're here? Do you realize what God wants? Do you realize what he has for you? Did you come expecting to meet the creator of the universe? Did you come expecting to him to impact your life, to change you? I think for so many of us, it's not even on our radar. That's why I'm a proponent of mission trips, not only for kids but for adults, because it gets you out of your comfort zone and it shakes you up. You're sleeping on a hard surface. You're uncomfortable. The food's different. And everything is crazy. Better not drink that water. We've got it for you in a bottle over here. And it makes you look for those opportunities. But God can impact you here. Maybe we need to all go home today and we need to write ourselves a note and stick it on the mirror so we see it first thing in the morning. God wants to impact your life today. And that that's the first thing that we see and that we take that with us and we look for those opportunities. Verse 26 in our Bible passage today says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. But what about the freedom that we've been promised in a relationship with Jesus Christ? That freedom was purchased with the blood of Christ on the cross. That freedom, he bought you, he owns you. And the freedom that you have is from the penalty of sin. It's not freedom to do what you want. It's not freedom or license to sin and just enjoy life. That is a freedom from the eternal consequences of your sin. We have an obligation, we have a responsibility to do something with our faith. If you're doing nothing with your faith, you're too comfortable in your Christianity. I think Dean's children's sermon was absolutely perfect today, talking about pets. We had a really long day yesterday, and we, um, we had my daughter and son-in-law there in the balcony. If you want to see Justin and meet the guy 
who stole my daughter from me, you can do so. Um, so we had a reception here, and we had family in town, obviously, and we were very busy. I got home last night, and you know what I wanted to do? I just wanted to sit down. Do you know what my dog wanted to do? She wanted to go outside. So there I am, I'm faced with a choice. Do I sit down and ignore Haley, or do I let Haley outside? If I don't let Haley outside, there's gonna be some consequences. There are things that you have to understand that if we choose to follow him, if we choose to be his disciple, we've got to say, you know what? My comfort, my desires, my hopes, my dreams, my ambitions, me, gets put on the back burner. He becomes number one. Jesus Christ becomes your number one goal, your number one thing. God, what do you want me to do today? God, what do you want me to do in this meeting? God, what do you want me to do in this relationship? Lord, I know I should talk to this person, but I'm really uncomfortable. Will you give me the courage? Will you give me the words to say? If you're not doing any of those things, you're too comfortable in your Christianity. I want to end with this last verse in today's scripture. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. It's too easy for us because while you may be sitting there wondering where your next meal is going to be coming from, let's be honest, you know you're going to eat. While you may be sitting there wondering, how am I going to make my house payment this month? Let's be honest, you're not going to be on the street. If all of those things were taken away, Would you be his disciple? So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Those are tough words. And tough words to think about, tough words to take home. And I would hope that you would ponder that. Because Jesus was not just speaking to the crowds. He was speaking to you and me. Amen. So I want you to understand that when I'm speaking, we didn't go over that. I want you to understand that when I'm speaking and when I'm saying these words and I'm talking about being comfortable in your Christianity, I'm speaking to myself as well. I don't have it dialed in. I'm not perfect. Dean doesn't have it dialed in. He's not perfect. Dwight isn't dialed in. He's not perfect either. We're all on the same faith journey that you're on. We're all struggling. We're all, at times, the phone rings and we're just too tired. We don't want to deal with one more thing. So trust me, the words that I, that I brought to you this morning... They're not just for you. They're for me. But make no mistake about it, they are for you. 
Here's the deal. If you're standing there today and you're thinking that maybe I'm a little too comfortable, maybe, maybe, maybe there was a point in there for me, I would direct you very simply to the prayer chapel. It's located behind the organ. There are going to be people there after the worship service that would love to talk with you, pray with you, listen to you. And I would encourage you to take the time to do that. Because if God is speaking to you this morning, you need to confirm that. I would direct you there. Nothing else is more important than what God's saying to you right now. My hope, my prayer, is that God spoke to you today. And that he's challenged you. And that he has asked you to step up, to do more, to be more, to be more like his son. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance unto you and give you peace, now and forevermore. Amen.